In March 2009, a single by the Flaming Lips became the official song for Oklahoma, the state where the band was formed. The song was initially one of 483 nominees, which was whittled down to 10 finalists that were then put to an online vote across the state. The Flaming Lips won with almost 51% of the total vote. However, things went sideways when the Oklahoma House of Representatives fell three votes short of the necessary 51 to enact the motion. One Republican senator complained about the Flaming Lips' use of offensive language in their songs. Another whined about how band member Michael Ivins had worn a red shirt with a yellow hammer and sickle on it at a recent performance. Democrat Governor Brad Henry effectively told dissenters to shove it as he issued an executive order to make the song official, and it stayed official until 2013 when it was revealed that Republican Governor Mary Fallen had removed the song's status by not renewing Henry's executive order in 2011 when she took office. The once official state song was released in 2002 as the first single for the album from that same year, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. The song's origins go back to 2000 when the Flaming Lips received a series of concerning emails regarding a Japanese friend of theirs they had met while traveling in Japan. The emails, written by the family of the Lips' friend, were poorly translated but told of the woman's failing health. When the family wrote to inform the band that their friend had passed, the translation was so ambiguous that the group was not sure if she had actually passed. Flaming Lips frontman Wayne Coyne said, It left us a little room to still be optimistic that perhaps this was not the final word. As weeks passed and spring became summer, the realization of her death slowly bloomed. It was very strange. Never at once did it overwhelm me. It did not come like some giant black spear piercing my chest, as other deaths had done. It came a drip at a time, never a rush of the unthinkable. It came as a gentle devastation. This gentle devastation was translated to song as Coyne attempted a sympathetic plea to the family members that had sent him word of his friend's passing. Those words were, It's summertime and I can understand if you still feel sad. It's summertime and though it's hard to see its true possibilities, look outside. I know that you'll recognize it's summertime. Although those words would not make it to the final version of the song, the sentiment would remain. As Coyne put it, The aims and appreciations of life are the best defense against death. Ranked number 31 on Rolling Stone's best songs of the 2000s, and featured in several films as well as advertisements for VH1, HP Computers, and Mitsubishi, this song remains one of the most popular Flaming Lips pieces and a concert staple for the band. That's right, we're talking Do You Realize on Cover Me. Do That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is just an illusion caused by the world spinning round. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by the most beautiful co-host, uh, Alex Mildenberger. Ah, uh, Alex, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing alright, doing alright. Not much like exciting, but, but, uh, but things are good, generally. So that's that's good. That's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Uh, what's going What's going on in Vancouver? Oh, you know, it's smoke and death and destruction. Sweet. Sweet. It's great. Um, you know, life's good. I'm sweating a ton. And that's that's life out here, Alex. The real question for you, for me, for us, for, for this podcast is, Flaming Lips. What's your relationship with them? My Relationship with the Flaming Lips by Alex Mildenberger, paragraph one. Uh, it's actually not that long. I did not listen to them pretty much at all before uh, just over two years ago. 
Um, you know some of this story, probably most of it. I do. Uh, because in fact, uh, you you are a, a major player in it. Um, you bought a ticket to see the Flaming Lips in Calgary at our uh, what's it called Sled Island uh, Festival, I guess. Yes, tickets were literally twenty dollars. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Uh, I believe by the time I I looked it up, but like I they weren't cheap anymore or something. No, 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 no. I put and a message in the group chat. I, I was like, y'all. Flaming lips tickets are like twenty bucks. They wouldn't come along, and everybody was like, "It's twenty Ultimately, bucks. It's a bit much." I was like, "Fuck <laughs> you guys." I don't remember that message, but regardless, I no one else got tickets. It was just you. Um, just me. But then you were away. You couldn't go to the show, so you you gave me the ticket. Um, I believe it possibly as a birthday present. It doesn't matter. It was yeah, very nice. It was regardless. very close to um, your birthday. It was. It was within a week of my birthday. Um, and and I went to this show and I actually had a really good time. Like I listened to them a bit go, going into it because I knew, um, you know that I was going, so I wanted to prepare. But I made the very silly uh, decision to start at the beginning of their discography and work my way through, which um, their early stuff is very different from this. Yeah, from like what they kind of grew into. So yeah, they start out a lot more yeah. like garage rocky kind of punky and then it switches to psychedelia like around I think the 90s. Yeah. So uh, I think I I like started there and I was like I just don't know. I I just didn't like know what to do. And then I eventually just skipped to like the soft bulletin and then Yoshimi. And then that made more sense. And I enjoyed it more, I think. I mean, maybe it's just more accessible, but and then I went to the show and uh, had a, had a good time. It was actually on the summer solstice, if oh. that is significant to you. Um, it's still the only uh, concert I've ever been to solo, but uh, I'd, I'd probably do it again. It was it was a good experience. Hell yeah! Especially that show because there's a lot of like things happening. There's like confetti and colors and yeah, balloons. He a yeah, large like a zorb, right? The big clear balls. Yes. And- and stage dives in that is that correct uh yep yeah he rolled out and he had a little platform i think he might have even been singing space oddity at the time i think that's correct i seem yeah. to remember receiving those texts while i was in a hot dog trailer or something <laughs> just just dying <laughs> yeah well it was quite a show and uh i guess i have you to thank for uh, exposing me to it and um uh, i would definitely see them again if i had the opportunity hell yeah yeah, me, uh, like, I had never, uh, the first time I heard the Flaming Lips was in Rock Band. When, because the song Yoshime uh, versus the Pink Robots is on that, I think Rock Band 2. Mm-hmm. And I believe our friend Ronald was uh, a fan of the Flaming Lips at the time. He's like, oh, yeah, Flaming Lips. He's like, they're kind of like Pink Floyd. He may or may not have said that. But then, uh, just with the song title being so, like, exuberant and boisterous, and then the music itself being so, like, laid back. I was just put off. I was like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, Um, I have a lot of (laughs) memories of, like, when we played rock band. I I was often so concentrated on playing the notes that I didn't pay that much attention to the music. So we would Mm. play some songs, and then I'd say, oh, let's play this one or something. And then somebody would say, oh, I don't like that song. And I'd be like, what is this song? Like, I just can't remember it, you know? (laughs) You can't remember it. I was just looking. Trying to figure out why they don't like Yeah, I'm just watching the lights fly by. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, so then it wasn't until, yeah, like 2018, because I just saw 
that their Ticketmaster, I think, was doing a promotion. And it was like, here's some events in Calgary. It was with $20 tickets. And it was like, the Flaming Lips and was the only cool-looking one. Other ones are like Kevin Hart and, I don't know, some <laughs> other shit. And I was like, yeah, I might as well check them out. I was like, I'm never really into them. But it feel, like just by the name alone, it sounds like a band I should be into. Yeah, and like you've, you've heard, of, like, heard of them around. You know they mm-hmm. exist, and they've been making music for decades. Yeah, decades. Yeah. Um, and they continue to do so. So mm-hmm. yeah, I started listening to them then, and then they've just kind of stuck around in my rotation. Uh, yeah, like you said, they've been making music for decades. I think almost forty years. They started yeah. in '83. Um, and they just recently this this week, uh, September 11th, they uh, dropped their new album, American Head. Or American Head. I don't know where to emphasize the uh, the syllables on that. Wherever you want, but Yeah, man. so they're, they, they continue to make music. And that's why we're talking about them this week. We're talking about uh, basically the most popular song of theirs just because it's gotten airplay on commercials and uh, movies and the like. And Oklahoma, uh, apparently. And Oklahoma. Yeah, it's the, the official state song of Oklahoma, or at least it was. There was or apparently the just semi-official a state ta- song of Oklahoma. Sometimes. Well, it was official from 2009 to 2011 with certainty. That was legally official. It was the executive order. Right. It's when the uh, the Republican governor, some some old lady, took power and was just like, no, rock and roll is banned in the, the state roll. of Oklahoma. Why can't we pick a Beatles song? I don't just know. Didn't, didn't tell anybody. Maybe she doesn't like the Beatles. Maybe. Yeah, if they were upset about a like a communist shirt on one band member, they probably wouldn't be too keen on the Beatles. Yeah, maybe not. Well, you never know, though. Sometimes people don't pay attention to what songs are about. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, I don't know what this USSR <laughs> is, but I'm glad the Beatles are back there. Maybe I'd like to go back there, too. <laughs> Sounds yeah, do nice. you realize, um, so kind of a, a sad origin for this, it was the Wikipedia page actually states that yeah, it's a different some, of the, story. some of the reason of this comes from the uh, uh, Stephen Drozd, I believe is his name. That's how I always say it. Uh. Yeah, the band member who was struggling with heroin at the time, and then uh, either his father died or Wayne Coyne's father died. It's not really clear in the... In, in the, the wording of the the wicked yeah in the wording i think each band member because there's basically three core band members that have been with with together since the beginning i think they each had some kind of tragedy in whatever that was describing right um, i don't remember where it is exactly though it's uh if you go to the structure and recording sentence it's uh oh, i'm in the wrong article entirely yeah, yeah, yeah. It says in an interview with Mojo, Coin revealed that during the recording of Yushime, band member Stephen Draws was trying to kick a heroin addiction when they took breaks from playing. Draws would have a really tough time with his withdrawal, listening to him crying with the death of his father in mind, the his there being, uh, you know, kind of vague. Coin wrote, Do you realize? Ah, yes. But then you go to the, the citation source, um, and it's, he talks about point talks about this uh this email exchange with the japanese family so yeah like death is in the on his mind definitely mm-hmm. like life and death and the v- sort of value of life and possibly the meaning of life but possibly just like the motivation to live 
If that yeah, makes sense. it's a it shares some some themes with Once in a Lifetime, which we talked uh, about this over a year ago. Mm, yeah, this idea of just kind of getting your head out of the the current space and taking a moment to breathe and be like, oh yeah, life is all of these things. Here I am in the present moment. Um, and yeah, on writing this song, Wayne Coyd said, whenever I analyze the scientific realities of what it means to be living here on Earth in this galaxy, spinning around the sun, flying through space, a terror shock seizes me. I'm reminded once again of how precarious our whole existence is. So, with that, let's let's talk about these lyrics he wrote, because they're very simple. There's very few of them. Mm-hmm. And, but they do, for some reason, they hit pretty well, despite being almost basic i think coin says somewhere that you know the the words themselves are very simple but when you couple it with music it brings out something more than than just what's on the paper yeah it's pretty evocative overall and Mm -hmm. gets across its point pretty well i think okay so we start very simple one two three four count them in count them in baby that you know it's music i don't know if there's a significance to counting in i feel like they're I don't know. I don't have anything for that, but Yeah, I don't I don't know if it really is anything other than maybe it just sounds good. And it does. But so I'm interrupting. That, no, you're you're good. So with that we jump to the refrain. Do you realize that you have the most beautiful face? he's talking to I believe the listener here. Yeah, there's a lot there's like several of these for um, I, I'm a little confused by why the why genius, which is what I'm looking at, um, yeah. has it has split put- the way it does between like the different sections because it has like refrain, verse one, refrain two, hook, and like there's all these different sections. But really, he's just saying these. Do you realize something? Do you realize something? Like. Yeah, it's the each do you realize should be paired with the following statement, but the way uh, Genius has it is yeah. the first refrain is do you realize you have the most beautiful face, do you realize, and then verse one starts out on the end of that, that question. Yeah, we're floating in space, mm-hmm. which is very strange, and maybe there's a musical reason for that. I didn't pick up on anything in particular. No, me neither. Um of why those would be separated and maybe that's how it's separated like in in the um the liner notes or whatever the book cd booklet right yeah maybe but but it almost seems like that's arbitrary like if they did that they were just fucking around like it seems so arbitrary yeah like there's uh we talked about on west coast versus wessex the the song why are we is it called why are we here why are we here? Where we don't belong. Um, why must we stay? Is that Eat the Meek? Um, yes, that is yeah. Eat the Meek. So if you look up the lyrics for Eat the Meek, the original liner book notes are all words that make the same sound, but are not <laughs> like it doesn't make sense in the context, right? Because it'll be right, like right. they use we like the French word for yes. <laughs> yeah, so why must spelled M U S S E D we stay where being like wearing clothes we W E E don't be as B is one separate word like the the insect and then long with an e on the end. <laughs> so yeah, some arbitrary fucking around. 
Yeah, sometimes you just gotta fuck around a bit. It's like, um, I mean, it, so many people are probably just gonna ignore that anyway. You probably have a lot of license to fuck around. Like, um, yeah. what is uh, Black Star? David Bowie's Black Star. Like, if you look in the booklet, all the lyrics are like glossy black on matte black. So, like, it's re- you have to like read it in direct light, or you can't read the lyrics. So, like, yeah. it's it's just something kind of fun to do. So, I don't know if that's what they did here because I don't have Yoshimi. But my brother does. I could check that out, probably. Okay, let's, uh, can we get Jeremy? Can we get on Jeremy the on the now? phone. Let's just uh, call him. Up. Um, I'm maybe I'll. Yeah, I'll go to his house uninvited. There you go. Yeah, just just rifle through yourself. That's easy to say. So, yeah. Okay, so do you realize that you have the most beautiful face? This is. Um, I mean, he's not saying. I mean, he is saying that you're you're the most beautiful version of you. It's like it's a sort of you are good as you are kind of statement. Yeah, and it's like it's a very like personal thing. Whereas mm-hmm. the rest of them are kind of well, not all of them, but all, some of the rest of them are more like sort of cosmic things. This is very like personal, so I think introducing it in that way makes the rest of the song feel more personal. Yeah, it, like, grounds it a bit. It's like, I'm talking yeah. to you, and you are beautiful. Now, here's another fact. We're floating in space. Isn't that crazy? You are you have the most beautiful face, and we are such a small piece in this universe. We're floating in space. Yeah, like that, the sort of, like, insignificantness of humanity or whatever, like, our planet as mm-hmm. a whole, that concept uh, the, yeah. in the vast, infinite... um not infinite maybe infinite (laughs) universe um and yeah that's the next line yeah we're floating in space so it's uh you you can be insignificant and also the most beautiful face that's ever been around yeah these things do not you know have to be in uh in conflict with each other do you realize that happiness makes you cry (laughs) a simple statement it's uh yeah, like it's it's a true thing. It's a true thing. Uh, being very happy can make you cry. Yeah, it can bring people to tears. Some of the most happy moments in your life will have you crying. Yeah, but it is also kind of, or we, I've always seen it as a bit of a contradiction, even though it's not. But we always associate crying with sadness, obviously. So it's it's a very like basic, basic idea. Um, but it does kind of introduce that concept of like things not necessarily being what they seem, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that, bringing it to the sort of the origin point of the song, if this is written to some, to family members of a dying person, it's contextualizing their tears, right? Right. You're not you're not really crying i mean you are crying because you're sad but you're only sad because this person made you so happy yeah and both can be true which is kind of also tied in with those first two lines or something can Mm -hmm. be sort of significant but also insignificant at the Mm -hmm. same time and then we we sort of tie a neat bow on this with do you realize that everyone you know someday will die yeah so like it's just part of the natural order of things which again is true like it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue with that. And he's not saying and this is good or and this is bad. He's not saying like be devastated by this. Yeah. But then we come to what what uh genius calls the hook. 
and he sort of gives his uh, his uh, his take on this, which I uh, talked about in the intro, where he says, you know, the aims and appreciation of life is the best best defense against death. So here he says, instead of saying all of your goodbyes, let them know you realize that life goes fast. It's hard to make the good things last. You realize the sun doesn't go down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning round. Yeah, which again, um, I mean, the line, the sun not going down, sun doesn't go down thing, um, again, kind of has that cosmic idea of like, we're floating in space, um, we're spinning, the things we see from our perspective aren't necessarily the whole truth mm-hmm. we we can't see that this like with our bare eyes that the sun is not going down but it's technically not yeah it's uh it, it's that's not the sun doesn't really go down it really is again it's just a fact it's yeah like, again but also but also like in talking about this kind of furthering this idea of like there being this vastness to existence and this insignificant to our own existence, insignificance to our own existence and like just sort of existing in that stream that where like the current just blows you through and needing to sometimes accept that that is how life works fast sometimes and how to deal with that. And that's his sort of, thesis on how to deal with it yeah it's just like it's it there's so many things going on that have brought us here and it is a pretty i think he calls it a precarious miracle in one of the one <laughs> of the quotes i read but yeah and what he focuses on is said instead of saying all of your goodbyes he's like so everybody's gonna die but that doesn't mean you have to just be like well you're you're gonna be don't treat them as dead people right <laughs> don't yeah say, see ya. yeah focus on the living uh let them know that these moments are fleeting and you know it's hard to make the good things last but we're gonna we're gonna try the best to do that anyway still appreciate it Mm-hmm. and that is is that all the lyrics um yeah yeah that's all the lyrics they do some repetition um they say this everyone you know someday will die line again um and then sing the hook which I don't know. You can call it whatever you want. Hook yeah. seems weird. I think it's it serves as more of a refrain than the things they're calling refrains. Yeah, or even a chorus. Like it's yeah, literally just repeated, though like several lines repeated. So, um, you could call it a bridge potentially if you were stretching a bit. But I feel like I would call it a bridge before I call it a hook. Anyway, yeah. uh, then again, it it uh, does the you have the most beautiful face line which makes it feel a bit like cyclical but it's also interesting because it's really like four statements and then Mm -hmm. and then like an elaboration on the thesis so it's very simple very simple yeah and like with that repetition and with this being a psychedelic rock band um one of the common effects of taking psychedelics is getting caught in a thought loop for better and worse and this oh, is kind right. of that it's just like here you go again remember this you're still thinking about it yeah just got back to that same place and yeah it's it's kind of focused on just a few different concepts and it states them yeah and even in the course of one's life you might have this sort of 
realization several times. You're like, oh yeah, we are really quite small, but uh, you know, life is is for the living, as it were. Yeah, I guess that's the other. I I do like that that idea of like. I, I know I've experienced that where you kind of have a moment and you step back and you think about something and you realize maybe something that seems to be, you know, a, a truth and you feel like you've learned something, but you still kind of need to maybe think about it a few more times or have more moments like that before you kind of incorporate it into how you actually act. Yeah. So you have to hear, you have to repeat it to yourself to believe it kind of thing exactly like well this is this is this do i do i realize that i have the most beautiful face am i living with that truth in mind yeah so you kind of have to constantly ask yourself those questions to make sure that you're i don't know doing stuff right yeah with that we're gonna talk about how these instruments are being done right first i want to mention something interesting i read on the uh the flaming lips page about this yeah we're during the recording of Yoshimi, the album, they were also recording uh, something called like Christmas on Mars. They were recording both Christmas music, um, some oh. more like acoustic, closer to country stuff, and then also the the sort of electronic, psychedelic uh, Yoshimi. And he talked about how some songs, and I think he was referring to this one in particular, sort of had elements of all three of those bleed together. Because it sort of just started to blend, I yeah, because they were just, like, going between project, 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 running around. He uh, describes it on the website. He's like, imagine if you, because he says, it's like when, you, he talks about the desire to be doing one project when he was doing the other. He's like, it's a, it's a, like if you have some potato chips, some salty potato chips, and then you have this immediate instinctual reaction to get something sweet, like a candy bar. And he says, if you were to, like, speed up that process and go through, like, eating a, a potato chip and then a candy bar enough times back and forth, eventually you're going to get candy-coated potato chips. So that's <laughs> that's what this yeah, track is. Yeah, it's all going to get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Man, it's going to be picking that shit up. It's all going to get mixed up and mixed together, and I think this song has elements of that, particularly in the instrumentation. We get uh, we get some handbells pretty quick. It's not the first thing that comes in, but there is a, a ringing in. Yeah, after there's sort of the that count in, and it's all yeah. spacey. One, two, three. Yeah, so it's kind of soft, and then, and then like you said, there's the bells, and then the drums come in, and then, now we're in the song. Yeah, the drums on this are very tom focused. A lot of doom doom. Yeah, kind of that um, like crushed, uh, drum machiney sound. I don't know if it's yeah. actually a drum machine, but they definitely got some process. Like, could be just electronic drums too. Yeah, or yeah, just some processing on there, right? Yeah, it just gets that like kind of sound to it. I don't know if that's actually called crushing, but well, I'm sure <laughs> that's what I've called tell it. us otherwise. So fuck them. And uh, uh, let me get to my notes here. Yeah, so yeah. then we have this consistent like acoustic guitar just doing a very basic rhythm just kind of doing your chords yeah it's a basic rhythm and uh but the chord progression in this song i i wish i understood like maybe some theory what i can tell you uh but that's not that important to this what i can tell you is it let me i actually have a quote that relates to this (laughs) like the rest Um, of the song 
so he in regards to that chord change he says um so coin said he doesn't think it was a hit because we're clever because we're such good songwriters he says there are almost a million songs that play the exact same thing that chord change is used so often because it works whatever kind of mind it is usually it's a young white person's mind and if you like the beatles you like these chord changes it plays on you in a way that is optimistic and appears to be telling a story that you already know which is a good story so that's what he says about the chord changes on this yes yeah, optimistic. That is definitely optimistic. the word I would use to describe this progression. Um, yeah. yeah, I was I was talking with Greta about this and uh, sh- my partner, and she was saying that oh, she's like, "Oh, it's such a sad song," and I was like, "Is it?" I'm like, "I mean, I guess like <laughs> the everybody dies, sure, yeah, but like there's something about, it, and it might be rooted in that acoustic guitar rhythm and the chord changes that." gives us a bit of like uplift to it yeah like it is it is definitely melancholy but i i don't think mm-hmm. i would call it sad because it does have a little bit a little bit of that like, yeah it's like, like a bit of optimism. like reverence you know yeah part of that like like we said sitting back and like thinking about the cosmos i mean like well i mean there's no point to anything but at least it's kind of cool when you look at it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like holy shit right yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we get that acoustic guitar. Um, Big Tom hits on the drums. Uh, do we get the violins in right away, or is that a bit later? Um, there's some like there's like a really low synth sound that comes in early on. That kind of goes. Oh yeah, um, which a does like like synth a sweet, noises in this. Um, I really like that sound. I tried to recreate it, and I had some success on my uh, Moog Sub Thirty Seven. Um, it's it's a cool sound it's kind of like a thin square wave as far as i can tell um they have the resonance turned up a bit um which gives it that kind of like uh, which boosts the high frequencies um mm-hmm. now i i took that sound and i turned down the resonance and it's a very very cool bass synth sound without the resonance so i had a good time with that let me tell you um but no it's cool i i really dig the synth sound on that on this uh that low synth sound oh yeah that's good and i think what i'm calling violins might be a high synth yeah i think a lot of his synthesizer it's string like Mm -hmm. at the very least and definitely that plays throughout it kind of follows along with his vocals like yeah it plays a pattern that will later be repeated by the backup chorus yeah they have it has kind of this back half to the riff so he sings the do you realize and it plays along yeah and then it plays this um and that does show up a few more times throughout the song yeah and his voice has a real i think there's maybe a bit of either like resonance or echo on it it kind of occupies its own space that cuts through this uh this very rich uh backgrounded music yeah it's definitely like almost like wall of soundy like there's a lot of texture there Mm-hmm. filling all the spaces filling in all the cracks and like it yeah it's it's again evocative of the like this float floating through space idea yeah the line space the is definitely yeah. a word that comes up in thinking about the song. It's very floaty. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, I don't know. 
it's just how they yeah have those textures and it's 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 like the music video again for once in a lifetime <laughs> when yeah. he's like floating around like he's, he's, he's floating through space in that but it's it kind of has that feeling to it of just like a lot of things and kind of like vague vaguely psychedelic shapes and colors around like it it evokes that very well oh yeah so we get they set up the solid uh, sort of uh, soundscape for what i'm going to call the verses every repetition of do you realize sure let's call that the verses and then for the chorus we sort of change up a bit we start getting some some actual backup vocals that are also again like kind of airy floaty um this is where i actually start to hear the bass like a like an actual like physical electric bass. Yes. Yeah. Very there is simple bass. though. The bass comes in um in the right after floating in space. Um, right. About fifty seconds in. Um, and it's playing, I believe, eighth notes. But again, just along with that progression, boo do 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 do. And then once they get to the chorus, um, actually after the first line, the first line sticks with the same, and then they change into different instrumentation after that um mm-hmm. that stretches it out into quarter notes feels a lot yeah longer. that's right so it is just like root notes but yeah they change up the pacing of it depending on the section mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that kind of adds to that like it's never hectic or anything um but once you get to that chorus it kind of becomes introspective and like mm-hmm. like we said like we keep saying makes you feel like you're like stepping back and thinking about something so it sort of slows down that rhythm accordingly yeah yeah when he hits the line instead of saying all of your goodbyes the the start of the the chorus we get a couple of big hits from the synth and i think some handbells as well that sync up and then it's he sort of shifts down i think he's singing a little lower and mm-hmm. that that gives us that introspective shift yeah, that feeling of, yeah, now you're talking to yourself. What, yeah, it's one gives, of those weird us... things that you might do if you, like, mutter to yourself about something but wouldn't necessarily think about all that much that we've right. kind of established as just a thing that people do. At least yeah. I have. I don't know how widespread that is. but I don't know. Maybe you're just a fucking freak. No, Maybe, but I, they uh... seem to do it in this song, so it's at least me and, like, Wayne Coyne. Oh, yeah, and that's that's a pretty good crowd to be in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we pick up when we come back to the repetition of the verses on the Do You Realize? Yeah, they sort it, of build that soundscape. Um, yeah, and like a three-note rise. Do you realize? And everything comes back in. Yeah. We get this uh, like chipmunk backup chorus, this <laughs> uptuned. Yeah, I actually, I like, there's a, another bell um, leading into that. Another bell mm-hmm. sound or chime, whatever. Probably bell. Uh, and then, like, you get a bunch of these tambourine and, like, a little drum roll. I like those little yeah. transitions. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It's very good. The The percussive sort of transitions, I think, play a great role in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, and and it's a common to... thing that happens all the time, but for some reason, I just really like it here. Yeah, it's really, I think, played very well and very strongly here. Mm-hmm. It's you get to because I, I think you pay attention to it, but it's not distracting. It's like it's just good. It's enriching. Yeah, I think a lot of the song is like that. Like nothing's distracting. Everything works together very well. 
Mm-hmm. Not so that a lot one. of songs have very distracting things. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> I know, I'm always right about to get to this point. I just need to qualify everything I'm going to say. Now, that's, continue, uh, please. Sorry. It's not. Good practice. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, on this this repetition of the verses, we get, uh, I think, a second guitar doing this sort of two-note pattern. Ah, uh, yes. Boom, 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 coming in on the right speaker. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, like a very great tone to that one. All of the all of these instruments play well together. Yeah, a big part of it is the soundscape, and a big part of a soundscape is making everything sound good together. I guess. Yeah. And they and... seem to have done uh, a good job there. I know there's a a Wayne Coyne quote from probably the '90s. I don't remember exactly. What back in the day where he says something like, "If you were to ask me what instrument I." play i would say the recording studio which like is a little pretentious but i don't know they seem to have fun in the recording studio so yeah there seems to be a lot you can do there and so many of the band members are multi-instrumentalists because when looking up this, right it'd be like band member so-and-so i'm like what fucking instrument does he play and i like hover over to their profile it's like multi-instrumentalist for the flaming lips it's like okay. it's like he plays bass a lot but also you're like all right plays whatever i mean even i know when they sort of changed their sound in the 90s uh steven draws started as their drummer and then just like played keyboards after that and just Hmm. when i saw them he just played a bunch of synthesizers and wore a cape and wore a cape fuck yeah yeah these guys are real just like fans of music i think i've mentioned that before when we 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 talked about them almost a year ago on uh getting Jeez, better by the beatles oh that's right right but they the the way they engage with like cover music and i think the way they engage with their own music is really an appreciation of just playing music at its heart yeah which seems to be a good place to come from i know that's the sort of vibe i get from like bruce springsteen mm-hmm. who just announced uh he's coming out with a new album so. Yeah, I, f- I feel like rumors of that album have been bubbling for a he while. He said, like, there was an interview. We talked about uh, Western Stars mm-hmm. a while back. And, like, I'm pretty sure there was an interview where he's like, uh, we're back in the studio next year with the E Street Band. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's See, cool. Not realizing, I hadn't realized at the time that he hadn't actually recorded an album with the E Street Band, I believe, since um, Clarence Clemens passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been a number of years. Yeah, it has. But the way he said it was just like, well, you know, we're going to the studio. That's what we do. Yeah, fuck. And, yeah, did you listen to the new single he dropped? I did, uh, passively. But uh, Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he's older, right? So, vocally, it's very reminiscent of what's on Western Stars. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's, I'm interested to see what else comes out of this. I when The first single that drops from any album... You, you never know, right? I, I think of the next day with David Bowie. Absolutely. Where it's just like, is, yeah. is the whole album going to be like this? And then you're like, well, wait, this song's a banger. But also, like the, the rest of the album's so different. <laughs> you're like, yeah. okay. I like so harshly misjudged that song when I first heard it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And then the album was just so fucking good. Yeah, that song phenomenal. is so fucking good. <laughs> like, so good. Uh, anyway, we're going to jump back to this one. Let's um, talk about the Flaming Lips some so, more. So the, the second verse, it layers more, and then we hit the second uh, repetition of the chorus, which right. actually actually breaks down more. Yeah. Yeah, almost and, like... And we get, like, I think an electric piano or just a different kind of synth doing these... Bum, bum, 
Bump, yeah, the, bump. is that like the? It's kind of just like a paddy pad type yeah, synth yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about. That's correct. But yeah, it does have that sort of um, like mellotron flute sound to it, mm-hmm. like that you would hear in like the late '60s, early '70s kind of psychedelic and music, and maybe some um, like prog rock type situations. But yeah. like it, it's kind of sounds like the Strawberry Fields fluty sound, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of their like psychedelic influences, psychedelia influences, I think. Yeah. So through. you get that. You get him singing the the chorus. You get uh, the backup vocalist being like, realize. And then you get the the vocals end. We get the that guitar that was added in doing the two notes. Do no, do no. And right. then for like a quick pensive moment, and then we build right back up to sort of our exit, the final 20 seconds or so here, where he repeats the first verse. Right, right. Yeah, and again, it's almost like, I mean, we talked about the idea of like having to repeat this to yourself, and kind of every time, maybe you believe it a little more. It's almost like the second time he's thinking it more deeply, like it's he's now retreated further inside, like this thought. Yeah, and or, there's like there's the the notion of knowing something, and 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 I guess we've already talked this, but also like actually knowing it, right? You can logically understand something, but not really take it to heart. Right, right. I remember it was always like a day in religion class in I think twelfth grade, where the teacher would be like, "Belief and knowledge are different things," and they would just be like, that would trigger debate for the entire class. But really, that's kind of the split here is like Mm -hmm. do you know something or do you like believe it's true right like do you understand it have you brought it into your being and incorporated into your who you are i remember that class because i think his example sucked or at least it did in yeah i mean i feel like and i'm sure this wouldn't work but i feel like maybe (laughs) Yeah. because you're talking about a bunch of 17 18 year olds so probably there would still be some argumentative individuals but you could just be like hey we're defining these this way in this definition they're different <laughs> like can't yeah. we just say that like in this context we're not saying we're saying they're different things because like yeah. i feel like yeah they can be kind of the same thing depending on how you use the words and like it's really a lesson in how you use words and how words can mean different things in different contexts, but they turn it into just like, let's waste a class on this. Like, yeah, let's upset teenagers for an yeah. hour and a half. You're and like, then, okay. and then the teacher's just like, but what about this? But what about this? And then, yeah, and then everyone just tries to come up with these like hypothetical examples. And I just remember sitting back and be like, we're still doing this. Fuck. Yeah, fuck <laughs> I, me. I'm not engaging. I'm just gonna sit at the back of this class. Yeah. Now to to re-engage with this song, which uh, <laughs> really it's, it's great that it gets us to talk about just life in general because yeah. I think that's part of the purpose of it. Um yeah, it kind of ends with just a a, a very it's a, a very quick fade from the the face says, do you realize and then everything kind of just rings out and dies fairly quickly. Mhm. That's it, baby. That's the song. Yeah. It's I mean it's 333. It's not like that long. Sure. No, it's fa- fairly good. I um, mean, you'd have to cut it down to the Billy Joel standard still a bit, but... <laughs> but, like, it's... Yeah, 
cut out some repetition. I don't know. I think it's all important. No, I, I, I um, think it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's everything it needs to be. I think the repetition is important to it. I think it, it thrives in that. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a it's like we said, it's, it's evocative. It's optimistic, but it's also kind of defeatist, but not defeatist. Mm hmm. With that, we're going to defeat and not defeat the two music videos, two official music videos. Two music videos, yes. Um, uh. I'm assuming there's kind of like a lo-fi version and like a more produced version. I'm assuming the lo-fi-er one is um, the first one, but I don't know. You are correct. Now, let me see if I have a quote on that because there is a two music videos were made uh the uk version directed by wayne coin and bradley beasley features four bored farm girls who get stoned and see visions of a glowing singer and giant rabbits holding sparkling spheres they're disco balls come on guys <laughs> uh wayne explains the girls are so excited to see the rabbits that they take off their clothes <laughs> uh yeah that does seem to happen yeah so it's like a Do they it's all a very um, I think only two of them actually do. Okay. Two of four, I believe there's four. You have four girls in the video. Two of them take their clothes off in excitement. So it starts out, it's uh, it's Wayne Coyne playing a acoustic guitar with a you know a, a man in a rabbit suit on either side of him holding a disco ball, and they are it's a one continuous shot of them walking towards the camera. Yeah, he's just strumming the guitar and sort of singing the song. He's got yeah, and, and light is coming out, particularly from the uh, like the sound hole in the acoustic guitar, right? And just kind of in general from his being, kind of like the sun. Yeah, he's got like, does he have like a white suit on? Yeah, he does have a white suit a white on, suit and like a yellow shirt, so it's like very bright. Mm-hmm. So they just keep walking towards the camera. He sings the song. Uh, eventually, two girls come and are like excited, and they sort of run around the rabbits and start walking with them. And then as the song progresses, two more girls in their underwear show up and are also excited. And then, like, that's pretty much the music video. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if one one is topless and censored, I'm pretty sure. But it, yeah, it, I think the, it's hard to, like, side. make anything out. The light is so bright. Yeah, It's like those like memes the... that are like, don't pay attention to the ladies. Pay attention to like I don't know, and it'll have a picture of like yeah, like a clone troop or something. Be like the Republic is forever, and like yeah, I don't know, you know, memes with Wayne Coyne, yeah, yeah, it's predates those. So, um, but yeah, it does seem to be like this. It's seems like kind of this transformative experience, and I know we've talked about this idea of just like staying up late and like being in the in the night in the dark with like people you like and it almost feels like a transformative experience kind of like translating that feeling that's the feeling i get from it Mm -hmm. into this video visually yeah because then i because i think the the u.s version is is sort of a uh, they've called it a continuation of the original so then it's taking that personal feeling and then translating it literally to like the most commercial place you could think of performatively like the strip in las vegas yeah, it does seem to kind of be a joke. Like they they took the original video and and um pretty faithfully recreated it. But now it's in this new context of this whole thing is like totally commercial. Like the girls, I mean, I'm not saying the girls weren't attractive girls before, but now they're like models. Like Yeah. And and the shots linger on them too. Like it's very clear that that's how they're presented. 
Mm-hmm. So this was directed by Mark Pellington, who also directed Pearl Jam's uh, music video for Jeremy, a song I'm not familiar with. So um, you know. That's a music video that came up a lot. Um, I haven't watched it from start to finish, but I know, uh, like, back when I used to watch, like, MTV and stuff, and they would always have their, like, commentary shows about music videos, that's one of the ones right. that would come up a lot is Jeremy. Okay, so um, presumably it's pretty goofy if they're doing the commentary shows on it. No, it's not. I thought I thought it was about a school shooting or something, or like probably. A it's now like got, now, yeah. Welcome to cover me. The only show where we're going to talk about Jeremy by Pearl Jam for Jeremy a bit. Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the song, and I don't know the video. At so. home, drawn pictures of mountain tops with him on top, lemon yellow sun, arms raised in a V, dead lay in pools and maroon below. Okay, yeah, Daddy didn't give attention. Yeah, okay, you're right. It's about a school shooting. Yep. Jeremy spoke in class today. Jeremy spoke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, you're right. So it's pretty dark. Okay. Not humorous. Yeah. No, not Moving humorous. Forward. But apparently, pretty good. I, they right. seem to think so. Um, but yes, this, like, the other thing about this video, I mean, there's a few things. Um, I don't remember if I wrote them all down, but it does seem to, like, really be focusing on, like, hey, this is, like, the commercial version. Um, I think the, the strumming is a bit desynced from the, from the track this mm. time around, um, which almost seems like it's poking fun at this idea of like lip syncing in a video which they probably did in the original anyway like they had to right but it's kind of like i don't know it feels like there's a few little touches like that or i made it up right yeah i i you know it's it's nice to believe it even if it is made up <laughs> yeah um so. yeah this one starts with uh wayne coin sitting at a like a bus bench and there's the uh, off to the side is the the women in lingerie, and then there's a uh, for some reason a guy in a frog suit, and then a man in a pig suit comes and sits next to him, and then he uh, start he like just gets lifted up off the, the screen. Wayne Coyne does. He gets lifted yeah. into space, and just then like into this Vegas strip. Literally world. just lift him up. You can't see the yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we're in the strip. Uh, there we get shots of people's faces a lot. Which, obviously, to synchronize with, you know, you have the most beautiful face. Like, this might be a bit of a tongue-in-cheek music video, because there's so much attention to, like, the word is said, and then a face appears. Um, that, like, there's a live elephant in this, and when he says, everyone you know someday will die, the elephant, like, falls over like it's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it is all a bit on the nose. <laughs> The elephant nose, which is a trunk. Um, it's a trunk. Yeah, it's, it hit, definitely but... feels that way to me. Especially, like, I watched that one first and then found the other one. And it just felt like it makes sense, like, kind of in the context of of both of them existing. Because one is clearly, mm-hmm. like, the cheap version. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's the indie darling. And then this one is yeah. when it hits the big time. Um, the other thing is, a lot of the close-ups of faces, everyone's eyes, like very light like white um irises oh yeah we get a picture of that old guy with the white irises which is particularly striking so that's kind of an interesting visual yeah but i guess that's part of it there's a lot of white in this video like he's his suit is completely white now they're white rabbits the the women are all wearing like white i guess dresses yeah it's yeah so there's a lot of emphasis on white yeah and then um we get we get shots of things. There's a shot of an empty rabbit's head at one point. They do this big uh, uh, flashing of images that's synced with the drum roll. 
a little later in the video, which I thought was pretty cool. I should have timestamped it, but I didn't, so, you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, and there's also, like, a section where they just, like, like, each of the models gets, like, a second of, like, they're doing their weird, like, hand-wavy dancing. Right, yeah, and everyone gets like, their, like, moment in the spotlight. In or, like, pans across them or whatever. Yeah, if you so, go to, like, 335, you'll see the... the, the 335. The sinking of images to yes. the... I see the, the like, there. rabbit head. It's almost like uh, Donnie Darko. Yeah, it does give off Donnie Darko vibes, and it's quite dark compared to the rest of the music video. So yeah, all this shit happens at the Vegas Strip, and then uh, Wayne ends up oh, back on the old cool. bench, then hops in the snow-covered car. Snow-covered? I believe that's snow on the car. Well, I gu it is. I guess that would imply that he is not in Las Vegas, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I guess when he's there, or that the this, this car has supernaturally gotten to Vegas from someplace that is cold. True. I guess, yeah, yeah there's lights in the background, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there is, yeah, the neon lights. Like, or maybe it it's is... just another, like, weird thing. They're like, look, we're in Las Vegas, but there's snow. Isn't yeah. that weird? And it is weird. They don't... It is weird. It's a very hot place. You guys fucking got me. Do they um... I don't think they get snow. With that, Alex, uh, yeah. should we move into the covers? Yeah, let's talk about some covers. Okay, the first one is by the Postal Service in 2003. The this Postal is, uh... Service. pop supergroup from Seattle consisting of the singer Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie, James Tamborello aka Dental, and Jenny Lewis of Rilo Kiley. I imagine on this it's really just James Tamborello at work though. Yeah, it being a remix, I was surprised to look them up and find out it was like a band because it's just like it's production stuff. <laughs> this is yeah, it's purely um I mean there's a bit of extra synth work in this, yeah. but there's a lot of reusing of samples from the original um, and this was on an official Flaming Lips release from the uh, the the EP uh, Ego Tripping at the Gates of Hell, which is sort of a between piece between Yoshimi and their uh, album afterwards. What is it? At, at War, War with, the, with Mystics. the Mystics. Yeah, it's a great album. Love that album. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got this, which is a more synth-heavy remix. This is actually the first version of the song I ever heard. Really? Yeah, just when I was when I started listening to the Flaming Lips, I knew that I still had that feeling of not liking Yoshime, so I sort of avoided that album. Ah, uh, I see. But you got it anyway by accident. By accident, uh, yeah. Yeah, this kind of it's like remixy. They've got like a faster drum beat. They've got a bunch more synths doing this like boo doo 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 like little riff. Yeah. Sort of almost like raindrops because it's a little descending pattern and it'll pop up in different areas of the mix be more mix left more right yeah yeah um the vocals i i think there's a bit more echo on the vocals but it's hard to tell only because this version and this is true of a few things in this version um 
it's less like soundscapey. There's less sort of of that texture there. So maybe you can just make out more details or maybe they change the details. I, it's hard to tell. Yeah, hard to say for sure, but you definitely do notice the echo on the vocals more, if nothing else. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, it's very soft. It's, uh, you know, you get this... Uh, I guess one of the most interesting changes is there are these backup vocals that just kind of go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> Which I assume is a sample. Yeah, I, I, it must be. It might even be um, from the count. Actually, one thing they do do with the count is they, like, push it right together. And they cut out kind oh, of yeah. the attack and the decay of the sound. So it's like, one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like very sudden sounds <laughs> right at the beginning. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And we get drums that like you mentioned are different uh much less much less tom a little more something else like a snare I guess. I guess. I just I called them sticky drums cuz like they're more stick focused than like sticks as opposed to them yeah. sticking to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I had to hear that. It it's a bit like sharper. Yeah. Yeah. And you get you get some very short like cymbal hits there or hi hat that doesn't really ring out much. You just get the sort of the impact of it. Which yeah, this is kind of like an odd version. I know there's some versions on this EP that are like club mix. I would definitely yeah. this. I don't know about club. I don't know clubs very well. I guess it's like 2003 or whatever, but. Um, it still seems like a bit of an odd song to play at a at a at a club, but it's more danceable. It's got that remix thing yeah, going on. I mean, yeah, the drums are quicker. It's like, uh, I don't know, would you dance to this? It's just kind of like a more electronic version. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the electronic music doesn't necessarily like club dancing dance. music. Yeah. Um, you know, the first electronic album was none of that at all. Yeah. But that was so, like the 60s. Um, I'm talking about what I mentioned on the original track, where it ended up being sort of a fusion of electronic, some country elements, and like Christmas music. This one maybe removes those other two influences and puts it back at its core of just electronic. Or just electronic. Definitely, le- well, I say less Christmassy, but there's an electronic piano sound, like right before mm-hmm. that first bridge, that plays this descending, descending pattern. Yeah. That's maybe could be a little Christmassy, but uh, on its own, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, the main thing this piece does is sort of just highlight some some attributes of the original by looping them. We get a lot more of the chipmunk backup vocals. We get a lot more of the, the sort of violin synth in the mix. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it really is just, like, an alternate version. Yeah, it's, like, it's a little more, like, upbeat, I guess, because there's, like, a new drum track in particular. Right, giving it a little more uh, tempo feeling, like, it feels a little quicker. Yeah, so if you need, but it's not faster, Mm -hmm. I don't think. It doesn't feel it doesn't seem faster no, but it feels it's, a little it's 30 faster. seconds longer yeah. but there might be more like yeah, instrumental breaks the, is that the intro no there's not more intro i don't remember what it is it might be that it's probably that especially in the in the middle like they kind of stretch out the spaces between lines i think 
focus yeah. more on the instruments than the words. 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 Uh, but yeah, a lot of it is like it's structurally very similar. The second repetition of the chorus is a big breakdown. Um, at around the three minute mark, we get what maybe is doing most of this fill. Uh, they bring back the this looping violin effect, and then they occasionally bring in this other violin. It kind of comes in the left speaker, and it's got a sort of quality to it where it sounds like it's being sampled from a separate source like if you ripped it from a tv speaker or something kind of feel it's kind of a secondhand sample like it's been degraded by trans yeah yeah i kind of missed all that stuff because it comes in near the end and like it's fairly quiet mm-hmm. but that that slipped by my ears yes yeah, so if you go at like 326 26 right? uh, yeah then you'll hear that that second violin coming on the left yeah it's almost got it's almost got like a modulated sound to it like it's like it's kind of shaky and then it ends uh with just like kind of vocal break you get just the just the ending line do you realize um yeah it kind of has like like the section you're describing has kind of a long time to sort of play it out Mm -hmm. uh they do their sort of outro and these at least these first two do seem to have like fairly definitive endings yeah i know we talked about it feeling like a loop and it does in some ways but then at the end they'll do the like do you realize and then like that's the end like it's a bit yeah this one gives you sort of a longer instrumental outro with that violin bit Mm -hmm. instead of repeating the verses to sort of like cement the point in it's just kind of letting you sit with the idea and then finishing it up with a do you realize and then you wonder do you realize like do i i don't fucking know then you ask yourself, are we going to talk about the reign of Kindo in 2007? Do you might we are i think it's to. pretty likely it's uh they're also known as just kindo they're from buffalo new york they're an independent rock band who according to their wikipedia page finances their recording and videos through patreon by releasing like a new recording every month to their subscribers which i thought was a neat idea neat yeah. way to be a working group of musicians yeah i mean that seems kind of like the modern way to do it i don't know who's doing that other than these guys but i'm sure some people like using these kind of new platforms um, yeah, it's, it seems like the ideal model, right? You're like, you're like yeah. well, I've got my fan base, and I'll give them sort of exclusive stuff while I also build other things. Yeah. Um, the band itself seems to have had uh, quite a number of um, lineup changes, um, whereas it's almost like, you know, a hidden solo project kind of situation. Oh, yeah. Not quite. I think there's two original members. But anyway, they've been around since like 06, so they've been they've been making music yeah and this is off their self-titled ep and it saw some regional success so it's like they they they, you know they're they're mildly successful yeah um i noticed that this one this one reminded me it might even be the title track off of buddha of suburbia that's what it is yeah Yeah, it sounds like buddha of suburbia (laughs) yeah by david bowie for those unaware yeah the way it's the guitar yeah, it's that guitar intro is very similar. Yeah, it's kind of um, 
Yeah, just like an echoey guitar, and it plays like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we start with that and a bit of piano, just playing some chords and doing occasionally like a little, like a little noodle at the end of the phrase. Yeah, I don't. There's got to be a name for that because that happens with piano all the fucking time. All the man. time. Yeah, like is I, I don't know what to call it. Where basically it it plays a chord holds it for a bit and then right before it goes to the next one just plays a transition so i guess it's kind of a transitional phrase that leads from one chord to the next right so i All guess right. that's I'll a lick that. mm, there you go so we get a piano with some chords and licks uh the drums come in with the vocals or riff which is kind of the same thing yeah, yeah interchangeable yeah um I feel like a riff is maybe repeated more, whereas a lick can be sort Doesn't of a one-off. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah I, th- I'm sure there's some distinction. This is me making up the rules as I go along, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, then those drums come in, kind of with the vocals. Um, and they're... Again, could be a name for it. Play the, like, boom, boom, ding, and do that, like, little drum roll in, in the midst of the thing yeah they occupy like a midpoint between the remix drums and the originals yeah and feel a little bit different Mm-hmm. um the vocals also have like a pretty slow echo on them like yeah you get the echo i don't it's not i guess it's just pulled separate maybe it's very slow um but it definitely is separate sonically when you listen to it um yeah i wonder do you think you could make an echo that's so slow that like the song basically just repeats itself but like as an echo you do like a two minute song and then you stop and then just right and then the echo that's just a loop at that you just loop it but it's like but it's like an echo if you could do it live that would be fun and then you take a two minute break everyone just like looks at their watches and fun stuff all right um so this one also does a fair amount to create like texture um but it's in more of a sort of traditional rock band setup yeah so it doesn't quite feel as full as the other two versions we've talked about but it does fill space in a sort of organic way yeah i'm assuming uses a lot of echo Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of echo on the vocals you do get some backup vocals as well and they're quite echoey they yeah I mean, pretty conceptually pretty similar, but sonically actually quite different. Yeah, um, they they do co- a little more of a the same st- structure. Yeah, do a breakdown. Um, yeah. they they pick it up in the first chorus. They realize this. They pick up the pace. Instruments get loud. Yeah, it feels more like there is a build in the original, but it's a little mm-hmm. more unconventional. This one is a little more conventional yeah consequently yeah so we get to that higher like fast-paced section they do the same drum roll back into the verse arrangement um and then the drums start changing i think they throw in a little more tom action on the second repetition of the verses yeah um they also have uh some harmony going on um which was kind of happening in the original but it seemed more like echo or just kind of overdubs right um, this one feels a little more like harmony and maybe it's not uh that's also how they end it too they end on that's harmonies right. and then it kind of has some time and uh 
it has that like studio live kind of now everybody is happy because we finished recording the track kind of thing yeah they applaud a dude says not bad and a dude coughs and there's just some yeah some feel-good energy and overall i i did like this version um none of these versions spoilers um change the structure very much and they don't really need to uh but this one does give it a good sound yeah, it's uh instead of being an electronic, uh like based sound, they just bring it to like just a straight rock sound, and there is some merit in that. The piano sounds nice, um his vocals are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I think the licks on that piano are really good too. I think they hit at good moments. Like oh, it's emotional. Yeah, like not too much, but just enough. Just enough. Just enough. Yeah, and a, and a definitive ending, right? You get the little, like, chattering drum exit where it hits the... Which is always fun. She gets some cymbal yeah. in the end. Yeah. It's nice to have to give the drummer something to do. What, is he going to sing? I don't think <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I should hope not. He needs um, to be hitting things. Yeah. He needs to be hitting things. Drummer Speaking of that, is. should we hit the next cover that's also in 2007? Let's talk about... Blue Fringe. Do you realize you have the most beautiful face? That's the one, right? That is the one, Alex. Um, the American Jewish rock band from New York. Yeah, I don't know what Jewish rock is. It's like Christian rock, but Jewish. But this is definitely a cover of a pop song and not a song that has anything to do with Judaism or life as a Jewish person. But it does have a general, like, spiritual vibe to it. Interesting. So I feel like you could kind of just, you know, scoop that into whatever religion you want. A lot of people, I, I looked at the comments when I was looking at the music videos for the original, and everybody, like, every comment was like, I had a funeral, or I was at a funeral, and I was like, well, my friend just died, and you're like, God, Jesus Christ, this is the saddest comment section. <laughs> I but guess, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, they talk about death. Yeah. It's gonna be at funerals. Um... This version, interesting, I guess, I didn't really pick up on the spiritual thing, at least not in this version in particular. Um, well, yeah, it just, it just sounds kind of like a soft rock. It's very whisper-quiet, yeah, gentle acoustic guitars. Is. It feels very small room to me, like mm. like they've got even a couple microphones in, in one small room sort of thing. Right. Um, you get a lot of fret noise and like breaths. It's kind of that, not necessarily what we would call lo-fi, but but like indie, you know, you're, you're indie or indie lower vibe. fidelity recording. Um, it feels yeah less professional and polished. Mm-hmm. Um, they also they have a f- few elements that they kind of bring in briefly. Like there's a. Like, I was expecting more of a build. Like, just about 30 seconds, 35 seconds in, uh, they bring in, like, a guitar, and it plays alongside the melody. Um, but only oh, for yeah. a little while. Like, not for very long. It plays, like, 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 I should not try to make these sounds with my mouth. That's ridiculous. 
<laughs> it strums. <laughs> it doesn't strum. Yeah, get better it does at some it. like finger picking. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're right. It comes in briefly, like accents it a bit, and then it's like goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess I forgot to mention, like the structure of the song thus far has been very like drum focused, and it's a fairly like slow rock beat. Oh yeah, it's like everything about this this song, every instrument from the vocals to the drums is soft. Yes. Yes, and the other thing they do is um, the back half of that riff of the "Do You Realize" riff gets handled mm-hmm. entirely vocally there's no like string or anything um and he just right. does it like as the vocals he says do you realize ooh, ooh like right not that speed but <laughs> yeah and he's not the only one who i think does that yeah it's i mean it's not a difficult thing to do it's not like a fast song but yeah it is a, it is a choice though it is it is um, and, yeah, I think it comes off as pretty natural in this context. They've set up a, a soundscape that allows him to pull off that kind of move. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, they have a few other sounds that kind of come in briefly. There's like this, I think, slightly overdriven guitar that comes in for a while and just like plays some chords on the Everyone You Know Will Die line. Um, they bring in some mm-hmm. harmonies later on for the chorus section. Um, and I think there's like, there's two guitars. If you go like, and then at like two minutes, they, they do start playing that, that part, the two, yeah. two note guitar Yeah, so line. again, they, they adapt the original structure where the, the second repetition of the verses adds in a little more instrumental layering. Yeah, so I guess I was expecting more build because it kind of seemed like they were slowly adding instruments but they were also sort of slowly taking them away so it didn't <laughs> yeah, actually a... build as much as i was expecting yeah it stays fairly even throughout the piece even when they switch to the chorus which is usually the big shift moment in every other version we've seen true yeah it's a little it's more gradual uh by the time you get to the end you have like a couple guitars going and maybe a little more echo maybe mm-hmm. am i crazy I'm crazy. Um, um, but so it does build, but like it's it's a lot more subtle than it seems like it will be, considering things do come in fairly frequently throughout the song. Like new things, they just don't yeah, stick around. New things are just there very briefly. Um, what I want to note about this song is that though it is soft and quite slow, it's not quite a sad version. No. I mean, they didn't, like, change the chord progression or anything, so it keeps kind of that vibe. Mm-hmm. But I could definitely see this version played at a funeral, possibly just oh, yeah. because it has that kind of more organic, small room feeling. Yeah, possibly on, like, a teen drama from the mid-2000s. Oh, to de- be in an episode of The O.C. If oh, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was interesting. It's uh yeah, like a slow soft take on it. Yeah, slow it down. And it's already like a fairly soft, not fast song. Mm-hmm. So. With that, Damn we're gonna it. fastly move into Lottie Kestner. Lot Kestner? Lottie Kestner. No idea. I don't know.
I mean, this is just this. Lotta. Yeah, Lotta. Well, it's the solo project of Anna Lynn Williams of Seattle, so it's just her stage name. Lotta. My first note on this is we can go softer <laughs> in reference to Blue Fringe. So, uh, yeah, oh, yes. that and tells you did. everything you need to know. And we did. Um, we did. It we is did soft. It. This one actually does bring in some uh, some strings. Um, but it's mostly based around like a picking pattern on the guitar. This like yeah. ascending arpeggio pattern. Yeah, and some very sparse piano. Yes, just a bit. Um, like it plays some of the melody when she sings "Beautiful Face." Um, mm. But that's a lot of it. Is like the strings kind of coming in and out, like they play at the start and then go away. Yeah. And then I think they come back later. Yeah. They do. So they this is a later. full like minute and a half longer than the original. We're at five minutes with this one. She does a kind of extended intro, I believe, is the reason for that. Mostly. But it's also it's hard to tell if it's slower, you know? Like Yeah. I think it might be a little bit, but probably not that much. Like it's not a fast song. Damn, yeah. Is it really all in the intro that all this extra time is? So we're at 30 seconds. She hasn't hit vocals yet. Yeah, I think she takes almost 50 seconds to get two vocals. So, Well, there you go. There's a minute of it. Yeah. Um, This is another very even one. We don't get many shifts and changes. It's uh, all very subtle adding or removing of instruments. Yeah, it stays pretty low. Stays a lot sparser in particular than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, scones Scones. yeah it's it's this one i i feel like this one for me is all down whereas part of what makes the original compelling is that as that chord change that he that we've talked about that is sort of up yeah it's a lot flatter it has that more like solo musician strumming or picking and singing a song feeling to it Mm -hmm. even though there are some strings and stuff um but yeah, I agree. It's a lot. It's a lot flatter throughout. Uh, there's also a weird moment. This is right at the end. This is 4:46. Did you notice it? It's I like a very sudden cut right before the last line. Let me see here. I'm just gonna listen to that. Oh yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like it's like silence for a fraction of a second. It's just like yeah. Do it's just you. an awkward cut. Yeah, like she must have had something. She must have like snorted or something. I was like, no, that was a great take overall, though. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> silence on all Chop tracks. That a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe that's just a seam from from the uh, production. Yeah, uh, which I assume you know was a little bit. There's a little less money in it than the original. Um, yeah, I would guess because that's music, baby. Um, but yeah, it's. Not not a super interesting version. Yeah, Overall, what I'm listening for mm, here. Yeah, hang on. I think after the cut, she gets echoes on the vocals. So after 4:46, there's a lower version of her that's also singing, but it's not there before. For the very last, do you realize? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very subtle echo because I didn't notice it before. But it's also quite a slow echo because it's like, do, do, 
do yeah you so that's why it stands out so much and it's after that awkward cut so i wonder if i wonder if i i don't know it's weird it's weird is what it is yeah i don't know what would cause that it is yeah very strange yeah so it's like a hard cut well it seemed hard anyway mm-hmm. speaking of a hard cut Sunny let's cut. talk about denmark and winter in 2015 <laughs> Thinking of awkward transitions, let's talk about <laughs> uh, Denmark and winter. Um, I, I don't think they're Danish. I don't know, dog. All I know is they are on our screens and in our dreams. <laughs> that is all I know about. Well, I know they are Francesco Rigon. Rigon? Oh, shit. You got more than me. And Mandy Perkins. Okay. Uh, that's their names. Uh, that's there's their names? two of them. Um, oh, also, when I searched Denmark plus winter, one of the first results, like the third or fourth, was the top 24 things to do in Denmark during the winter. During the winter. Yeah. Uh, is this one of them? Let's find out. I don't know. This is off of the Holiday Collection album, which is a Christmas album. Interesting. Interesting. Um, this one, it's got some electric guitar playing. Lots of echo on that electric guitar. Yeah, this one's very moody. It is very, yeah, it, it feels a lot different from the other ones. Um, it's almost approaching the, um, like, epic trailer music thing. Well, yeah, it's definitely brushing up against that. The way they present this. It's not quite that, because it's not like there's a gunshot sound effect or anything. Yeah, but they do some of those, like, those drum cymbal moves where it's like... And yeah, then heavy piano notes on the like very low end of the piano. Yeah, that kind of like, I guess things you'd associate with being cinematic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like lots of ambient strings playing, kind of like, like droney sounds. Yeah. Or I guess they could be synthesizers, but yeah, lots of that in the background. So yeah, the, and that's the verses structure. At least the the first set of them is like this moody cinematic ambiance building and then when we hit the chorus it gets a little more like like up it is actually uplifting and a little almost poppy sorry i'm uh blanking on how the chorus works in this song um, like 114 yeah it gets it gets i believe male backup vocals as well and like kind of a regular drum pulse yeah it's doom doom more more driving at that point um Mm -hmm. mostly just kick um another thing i want to mention the tempo or the the rhythm at which the lyrics are spoken slash sung is quite different as well Mm -hmm. um they switch it up a lot it doesn't follow that like really slow spacey uh way they're sung in the original yeah, it's a it's a, it's actually fairly tight in her sing. It's, do you realize? And then it's like hits that, and then she again she does the the second half, the string riff with vocals. She goes oh oh oh. Ah yes, ah yes. Yeah, overall it it feels a lot like I almost want to say poppy, but it's like pop influenced, but like kind of that like dark electronic pop without yeah. being trap. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's approaching that with some of the drums, particularly 
in the the second chorus, which starts around I want to say like two twenty. Oh yeah, I remember liking the drum. Let me let me check this spot. I said drums at two sixteen. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of rip once we get to yeah. the second chorus. Yeah, it's got that like it's not necessarily percussion section, but they do have a ton of echo on the they're like doo, 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 buh, buh, yeah kind of thing where it's like it's still pretty spacey, um, even though they have sort of condensed the lyrics um, in time a bit. Yeah. Um, but it it stays very spacey and sort of just holds different things. Yeah, and. Talking about that second chorus, there's a a synth in there that sounds like kind of trop poppy almost. If you go to like 225, it's kind of near the bottom. Yeah, if it was a little louder, I would probably yeah, I would probably have said trop pop. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they're trying to almost take trop pop, but then apply like cinematic tones on top of it to make it winter pop. Winter pop. So, so cinema plus tropical equals winter? That's my current conclusion. Hmm. Fascinating. We will have to research this further. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's the hypothesis. They have succeeded in giving this song a pretty significantly different feeling. Um, and I, I, I said epic trailer music. I think it's better than that. Yeah, um, I agree that it draws on similar elements, but I yeah. think it does something better with it. It feels less like pandery than that mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah in terms of how the uh how this uh music speaks to the lyrics i'm not sure if the connect is there but i think this one i, I kind of hit for me because one i don't think i was expecting it to be good at all yeah and like two it is quite different from what we've heard so far yeah it's definitely at the very least it's quite a different sound yeah. Yeah. Denmark plus winter. Um, with that, Alex, we're gonna. Uh, here's a funny phrase that I'll say, and then that means we're talking about Sharon Van Etten in 2017, 2016. Do you realize that you have the most beautiful? I got 2016. I don't remember why. I think it's I think it was somewhere. Yeah, something said 2016. Um, Sharon Van Etten. Sharon Van Etten, uh, singer-songwriter from New Jersey. Apparently she was on the OA, which I did not watch. Nor did um, I. She is affiliated with Fountains of Wayne. She sang yeah, with most them recently she, for yeah, COVID release and played bass. After Adam Schlesinger's death mm-hmm. uh, for yeah COVID relief. Yeah benefit thing i don't know the details to benefit the relief of code yeah it was a bunch of new jersey based musicians getting together was that the one that i know there was one that bruce springsteen either was a part of or Ooh. put together i mean if you're doing a new jersey based musicians charity thing yeah, is it, is it you're gonna at least if... call bruce springsteen like you're gonna call his people yeah he was there he played jersey girl in land of hopes and dreams land of hope and dreams Joined by his wife, right, Patty Patty Scalfia. I always say, I always forget how to say the name. Uh, Is it Scalfa? Scalfia. Uh, well, there's an I in there, so Scalfa. Oh, oh, I've, I just put the I in the wrong place. Yeah, um, I, could, I could fuck you up. Anyway, um, 
this one starts with a much more like a drone progression. Like it's the chord progression, but it's like like droning synthesizers. Yeah. Almost like a like a bagpipes feeling. Mm-hmm. In that drone. Yeah, I, I called it like an an organ, but I could see yeah, the organ, in organ there. pedal, bagpipe, drone. Sound. Again, we're talking about synths, which the benefit is yeah, there are no instruments. And all instruments. Exactly. Uh, how many instruments have knobs? Some. Not that Some. many. Not that many. But yeah, you're right. We get this very slow build. A lot of them you can tune. Volume. That's probably not true. Anyway, <laughs> getting off topic now. Over like a period of around, I'm at 40 seconds right now, and it's still just building all of these uh, long yep, hold elements. a lot of that. Doing sort of that progression. Sounding kind of woodwinds, kind of reedy, you know, kind of compressed, kind of filtered yeah. synthesizers. That's how they go. And then she starts to sing again about a minute in. It takes about a minute. Yeah. To get to the actual vocals. Um the way she sings this, uh, particularly at the start actually, she does a few things. One, she has like a really long and I say really long, but it's like a few milliseconds longer. Um I think like attack when she comes into the to the volume of these notes, particularly mm-hmm. on the very first line. Yeah, um, I noticed that. It feels that. a little stretched out, um, which is kind of neat. And then she doesn't do it afterwards, at least not that I noticed. So, yeah, the first one's definitely know, the longest. Normally, like, she, like mean, it's not something you see very long. often. Mm-hmm. It's not the sort of thing I would think to switch up. Like, you know, come into the note vocally yeah, slower. Yeah, come into it slowly but rather than just. Not like slow, like it's just a bit slower. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a minute detail. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. interesting. Um, slow build of volume. We get the acoustic guitar that comes in with the vocals, and that's like, I mean, that's really like the setup of this is those big long synth holds, acoustic rhythm guitar similar to the original. I noticed the tone of the guitar. Maybe I'm off. Has a sort of uh, space oddity acoustic quality to it. I could be talking out of my ass. I cannot comment on that at the present moment. <laughs> I'd have to do a comparison. I mean, yeah, it just sounds like acoustic guitar. Sure, maybe. it is definitely acoustic guitar. Um, another thing she does in the singing, um, and this comes up throughout this section, is um, she kind of changes the melody a bit. Like, she keeps it more monotone. Like, it almost sounds like she's singing, like, harmonies, but there's no lead right um so there's a few changes up like that in particular like there's a little like there's less motion i guess i would say in Mm -hmm. in the vocal melody yeah she's sort of mimicking the evenness of the the synth backing tones yeah yeah i guess so Um, um we start to get at two minutes the drums come in before the chorus mm hmm mm hmm I think we also start to hear some just some sparse bass notes around that time. Bass notes. Yeah. Bass notes. Yeah, just like one root note, it holds for like a bar maybe, and then you hit another. Uh, I believe you. I'm believe trying to me. find them, but they're like pretty quiet. Yeah, they're pretty quiet. I definitely heard some bass. 
Yeah. Um, like I playing you, along. You can... Basically plays, I think, with the chord changes. So like we'll play yeah. a root when the chords change. Yeah. Very sparse. Um, and then in re- in relation to her the motion of her melody, um, in the just an illusion line, gets a, like suddenly a ton more motion. Um, but is still not the same as the original. She sings it like oh, yeah. just an. Il- I don't even remember. I gotta check it. Just again. an illusion. She kind of yeah. goes like up, down, up. Yeah, she's kind of all over the place. Not that she's all over the place in like a place, bad way. It's just that it, beca- it becomes quite dynamic. It's yeah. a dynamic shift from what was very even. Yeah, and like it's still not that much of a change, but it was so close before that suddenly mm-hmm. uh, it's just a lot more. Yeah, and then we get uh, the verses repeated again, but now the drums, some tambourines there. It's, yeah, I know, just a little louder. Yeah, I think the other thing um, that happens possibly on both of the choruses um, is it gets kind of like a crackly sound. Like like you really get that like lo-fi crackle. And it doesn't right. seem to be present throughout the whole song, but it's definitely on the second chorus um possibly on the first as well only because i only wrote down the second one but i don't remember um and yeah it's sort of like you can hear it as she sings you know just an illusion and he gets that like in the background kind of yeah i hear that i wonder if that is just a, a sound quality issue from this video maybe but it doesn't seem to be there for the whole thing i think it's only there for mm. the choruses so hmm interesting seems to be intentional um yeah and then it, it this one just kind of ends you know i said do you realize drum stop we fucking we're done yeah i guess it kind of sticks with the lowness of the rest of it because this is another like there's a few that like stick low this is one of them mm-hmm. um and and yeah, it doesn't do like a like an overdub harmony thing at the end or anything. It just kind of trails off. Well, not trails yeah. off, but it ends. Yeah, I, I I it's uh I mean we've had quite a few slow ones on here. This one, I mean, yeah. instrumentally doesn't do anything crazy. I think she's got a nice enough voice though. Yeah, she sounds good. It definitely has like a indie vibe coming off of this, kind of like mm. that airy voice um and she extends the intro and but like keeps it very sparse yeah so so speaking of things we'll be talking about sparsely uh vitamin string quartet vitamin string quartet talked about these guys a couple times they do string quartet covers of pop songs yeah nobody knows who they are they keep their identities a secret and or it constantly changes yeah it's probably that one but i (laughs) I wanted them to seem a little cooler mysterious who could they be everyone and no one so they have a real driving rhythm with the for the to replace the acoustic guitar on this it's very very up. It's dun 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 dun. 
Yeah, and then there's kind of like also like a little, I guess, I'm trying to remember if that happens in the like original. Like on bump, bump, the and then, yeah, some of that like pizzicato plucking thing. Um, and then you get uh, sort of two different sets of strings doing the vocal melody. Yes. One doing the Do You Realize, and the other one, I think, following up with the the back riff. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there can only be four of them, so there's only so many yeah. different string sounds. One thing I did like about this version is it um, – there's a pretty wide split between like the really low bass and the fairly high melody in this. And they seem to be like, I don't know, seem to be playing that up a bit. I, I liked that the distance they had there. Oh yeah. Kind of a lot of yeah. contrast, I guess. Yeah. I will say that like we've, li- we've listened to a ton of vitamin shrink quartet over the two years we've been doing this. We have. And, and some uh, of them have been just... pretty good. Yeah, I would say this one. Some of them would be the kind of good side. boring, but this one, I mean, it's a pretty strong chord progression and it's a pretty strong like melody, and they recreate it. And there's like a few little things they have in there that are interesting. Um, yeah, just around 151, they do a good run up. Yes, into the yes after the after the chorus into the next yeah. section there, um, and then at that point. Uh, they kind of narrow the split, like the the low strings move up a bit. So right to build that intensity. Yeah, a little so more. like you that's kind of their up. intensity build is like they change the distance between these sections. Which yeah, this kind of that's cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah. yeah, and you know they didn't like they they could have easily just gone for a sad interpretation on here, but the fact that they keep that driving rhythm on that the one instrument is. Uh, I think faithful to the original in a positive light. Right. It, it picks it up with, it, it allows it to not get too dour. And that would be very easy to do with like, let's do these like slow violin draws. Like, mm-hmm. like now we're sad because it's a slow violin because that's what slow violin sounds like. And like, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's like the instinct, but they kind of go against that instinct and give it a little bit more, a little bit more oomph. Yeah. Yeah, and they, it's the same length as the original, so they're really running through it beat for beat here. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, you know, a different part playing a different vocal section. But it's, uh, you know, it's a fairly faithful instrumental interpretation. I don't know how much else I have to say about this one. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've said everything I noticed. They do oh, some yeah. things to make it interesting. Yeah. But it's nice. kind of subtle things. Like, you really got to listen to that. Like, if you just heard this, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. So oh yeah, I can easily like, just pass you by. So it's like it's pretty decent. It's like if you heard this in public, you wouldn't pay attention to it, and then you'd be like driving home, and you'd be like, "Why the fuck is dude realized <laughs> in my head?" Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what this is. But and they they that. brought their like B plus game. So way to go! <laughs> Hell yeah, bringing the B plus game. Uh, with that, we're gonna get into our final verdict. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, the version you're gonna play at your funeral. My funeral. Ooh. Yeah, I, I yeah. Let's do your funeral. I don't want you to have to pick a family yeah. member or loved one. <laughs> <laughs> the version that you are gonna listen to at my funeral. Uh, That's right. Um. So, Alex, what's the worst version of this? What and is why? the worst version? Um. None of these particularly stood out to me as like bad. Um, there weren't any that were like huge 
um, departures either. In terms of the one not liking it, it's probably Lottie Kessner. But, like, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I hated it. It's just the one that had the least going on and, like, the least that I found interesting. Yeah, I think the most expected, right? Cause here's it, some yeah. acoustic arpeggios. Here's some sparse piano and a, a sad lady singing. Like, all right. Because even, like, the most similar to one of that is Sharon Van Etten, but she did some, some synth stuff. Her synth intro was, despite being, you know, not complex was the, the sounds are interesting mm-hmm. and i i think i just liked her voice more than i liked uh letty letty lottie kessner's yeah i that name is like it feels like it's missing a letter <laughs> like it's not quite there <laughs> not quite there yeah so i'll agree with you i think lot lottie the, the lk was <laughs> lk was lottie. uh the worst on this one but you know also yeah the main character Fine. from the comic book Snot girl's name is Lottie, but Lottie. there's an I. It's I E. Okay. So I don't know, man. See, yeah, maybe huh? I don't know. I don't know. Alex, what's the best version? What is the is best version? You know? What is the best version? I think. I think I liked the. Um. The Reign of Kindo version best. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it had a pretty good, like, fairly straightforward kind of indie-ish rock and roll sound. But, like, they made pretty good work of it and sounded pretty good overall. None of them are like, well, I guess there's one that's a massive or a fair departure. Uh, but I didn't pick that one. So here you go. So there you go. Yeah, I think I think uh, that's a good choice you made there. They had a good, I think they had some good tones, some good or like more organic sound, even though there's electric instruments in there. But, you know. One's played physically by hand. Um, I it would be cheating to say the Postal Service because it is the first version I heard, and it's, I mean, pretty similar to the original. It uses a lot of the same uh, sounds. Yeah, so I, th- I won't choose that. I think I kind of mentally dis or yeah, ruled, uh, ex- that uh, ruled that one out as well. Yeah, but worth mentioning because it is neat. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I was uh, most surprised by Denmark in Winter. I don't even know if it is really the best version, but it's the one that I'm thinking about the most. So <laughs> in that yeah. regards, I think it's it's maybe worth listening to. Yeah, definitely one to check out. And, and I yeah, mean, it... of all of them, the one that changed it the most and changed yeah. the, the feeling of it the most. Yeah, changed the feeling, changed a lot of things going on, and didn't didn't sound to me like garbage. So yeah. hey, sometimes that's the best you can ask for. From sometimes, some maybe maybe that is one of the twenty five things you should do in Denmark in the winter. Maybe okay, Alex. The year is thirty ninety five. You've passed away from being way too fucking old. Really old. Yep, that sounds about that. That checks out number wise. <laughs> um. What song is playing? I think I know yeah. what it's going to be. I think I know what it's going to be. Um, it would have to be the Postal Service remix. Because I, mm. I, I want people to be like at least a little bit confused. And be like, should we dance or <laughs> sit and be like, sad? I don't know. Chipmunk singing on this? <laughs> um, did this come out? When did this come out? Like a thousand years ago? Like <laughs> this is this is old ass music. Um, 
Yeah, I want them to not quite know what to do. Because I want to, you know, play into that. Because you already don't know what to do. It's a funeral. What do you do with your hands at a funeral? Yeah, exactly. You hold you tissue. That's what you do. So if you um, unsettle everyone <clears throat> enough, they might, you know, find some common ground and be like, holy fuck, this fucking soundtrack, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. Classic Alex. And you're like, yep, I did it. Yeah. Second millennium soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what it's got to be. Yeah, good choice. I was originally going to choose that, but also in the spirit of confusion, I will choose Blue Fringe. And then people will be like, wait, is he Jewish? Is, is Jake Jewish this whole time? His hair's dark, I guess. Uh, I How guess. They're like, oh. There's a wavy, I don't know. And somebody's like, wait, is this song Jewish? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't know. He's got blue eyes. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Uh, yeah, just the whole time. Nobody's going to even remember like what they wanted to say about me or if they're sad. They're just like, like, I don't know, man. Should Has I, anybody seen his dick? Should I have a yarmulke? Would that be disrespectful? I don't know. <laughs> like, shouldn't we be in a synagogue? We're just in the middle of a parking lot for a McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's parking lot. Ugh. I don't know why it would be a McDonald's parking lot. I was trying to think of something better, and I was running out of sentence to say. Uh, no, I think that's the best answer. That's a good one. I certainly that's... don't have another one. No, and that's why we've come to the end of our main segment. Those are our final thoughts. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at covermepod at gmail.com or feel free to hit us up with uh, your opinions on these covers. You know, uh, some covers that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about, some suggestions for the future. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag covermepod, at jakethecressy, at Guy. There was a time when I used to spell those out for you. Not anymore, motherfuckers. Just reminding you of the good old days. Uh, with that, we're going to jump into a bonus segment real quick. Alex, the world is on fire as of this moment. What's one of your favorite songs that refers to or is titled with the with fire in it? Oh, or man. Smoke? Well, I've been thinking about Bruce Springsteen a lot. Um, he's got two good fire songs. He I'm does. on fire and fire. Hold Your Fire is a rush a rush album yes it is <laughs> album i i'm just trying to remember i'm pretty sure it's just the album because i'm pretty sure the line is in the song but it's not the name of the song no um i'm looking mission for the right song now. mission is off of hold your fire that contains the line all right so it's it's a whole album but it starts with hold your fire uh the song mission different kind of fire but mm-hmm. there you go um are there other good There's songs of course, about fire? There's, the met- Metaphorical Fire in uh, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Oh, yes, the fire we didn't start. Um, uh, a little bit, uh, a little fire adjacent, but Burning for You by Blue Oyster Cult. Fireflies by Owl City. Um, you know what song? Oh, man. Okay, so last weekend we took care of our, um, I guess, one of our roommate's family friends. I can say Will. We know who Will is. Will's oh, family up, Will? friend's bird. Um, and they keep music on for it. So they just like had the radio on in our sort of main floor area. I heard the song Firework so many times over that weekend. Oh, yeah, by, with, uh, by, Katy, by Perry, Katy Perry. Which is amazing. I was like, surely this song has been out for like a decade. And yeah, it came out 10 years ago. I'm surprised the like hits radio is still playing it. Still a hit, baby. But there they go. Oh, Fireworks 
by the tragically hip. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I had to remember that that one was plural. I was like, they were playing tragically hip all day? Like... <laughs> Um, and I'm sure a million other. I didn't think of, didn't think of any smoke ones. Oh, it's smoke on the water. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's also about smoking a fight. Smoking by so. uh, Boston. Smoking. That's a great one. That's a good time. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, the band. <laughs> I like that we're both just clearly putting in the words fire and fire, smoke yeah, into yeah. Spotify and uh, saying them at each other. Saying things. But talking to me like, that's a good song, right? That is a good song. We're coming Smoking up on in the, the boys' room. The one day uh, when we sing September. Yeah. It's pretty soon. Um, but yeah, so, you know. Th- songs about fire. Good songs about smoke and fire. Oh, if you guys want to hit us up with some of your favorites, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag smoke and fire. Smoke and That's fire. Smoke and fire. And uh, that's the end of our show. And as we always say on Cover Me... Do you realize that cover me makes you cry?